Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. It's a glorious day, isn't it? Yeah. I'm in charge of the weather, and I think I need a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't clap. Just write the check, you know. The, you just did? Okay, hallelujah for you. Um, you would be pleased to know that last night um, was the largest crowd that we've had here at church on a Saturday night probably a year. It's, uh, and just so you know, you know, it's kind of good news to know. And, uh, and this morning, because I checked the parking lot, I just, that's why I was running close. I always walked through the parking lot. There's room for about nine more cars. So we need nine more folks next week, and uh, we'll have filled it up, and then I'll take a picture of the parking lot and use it to brag on or something. Um, just so you know, there's only one of these sitting up here. These little uh, uh, coin collectors is a record what we're doing is saving our coins and we we want to kind of uh, on the Thanksgiving evening the when we have our dinner here we want to uh, bring in all of our coins that we've saved and dump them in here uh, so far this project uh, there at the, at the orphanage in Uganda cost fifteen thousand dollars and, and as I speak, we have a little over $10,000 of it in the bank already. And if you'll bring all your coins in, there's usually better than $3,000 when we take these down. So we're getting real close to being able to pay that off. Now, what we hope to do, and by there's another one here if somebody wants it. Um, what we hope to do is when uh, several of us will be going back to Uganda in May, and what we hope to do is to have that thing up running so that we can take pictures of it and bring it back here, videos and pictures, to show you all you know, what you've paid for and what it's doing. Because on that piece of property where there are 1,800 children, um, they take the body refuge and that'll turn into a gas that they can use to cook with. And, and there'll be some uh, stuff that they can use for gardening as well as a byproduct, and, and it'll save them $57 a day. And for those of you who are interested in, in the environmental end of it, it'll also save a bunch of trees. And that's getting to be an issue there in Uganda because most of the people, poor people, and most of them are poor, cook with, uh, with wood and charcoal, and you make charcoal out of wood. So uh, it, it can be, have a lot of good things to be said about it. So we'd like to, and, and if anybody wants to go with us, we're probably going to be going about the second or third week in May. We haven't gotten the tickets yet because I wait until they get as cheap as they can get and then I try to buy them. And, uh, uh, but that's just something to keep in mind. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the tithe. And the reason we want to, this is an introduction to a series of sermons and, um, on, on giving. And, uh, and I, what I want to do is, I actually messed this up last night, but uh, that's nothing new for me. I want you to take your sermon notes and I'll give you the answers. 
because at least half the time I never get through them and, and people say, well, what'd you, what's the answer to the last two or three that I didn't get to? So let me give you the answers and then we'll go over the sermon outline. Uh, the first thing we're talking about is the origin of tithing. Where did the whole concept come from? Under A, Abraham is blessed by Melchizedek. We'll tell you who, what this is all about in a little bit. Abraham was two under B. Abraham was blessed by God with victory and abundance. And we'll C, Abraham gave Melchizedek 10% of everything. This is how it all started. B, here's, here's how Israel and then the church adopted the concept. And that's why I said it's the adoption and implementation of the tithe. Jacob is blessed by God, and, and when he was, he vows. Jacob vows to tithe from that day forward. Under B, Moses institutes tithing to care for the Levites, and their job was to care for the place of worship and, and, uh, and to provide a living for them. Three, what is the attraction of tithing? Why... why why is it so attractive? Because honestly it is, if, you, if it's correctly understood. Under A, the effect of a disciplined life, and I think you'll see in your bulletins a copy of a budget. And the reason that's there is to budget your income and your outgo develops a type of discipline, and that disciplined life will add to your wealth. And I, can, I could give a personal testimony or I could line up people who would testify. That really is true. B, the tithe is a testimony of God's blessing. C, it's more blessed to give than to receive according to the New Testament. Now, let's talk about how this whole business came about. And, uh, and so the first thing I want to do is to read the text that we, at the top of your page there in, in the seventh chapter of the book of Hebrews. And in this seventh chapter, what he's doing is referring to an Old Testament incident that takes place that's recorded in the book of Genesis. And the book of Hebrews is really written to a Jewish, a bunch of Jewish Christians living in and around Jerusalem. And they were really having a tough time because they were Christians living in a predominantly Jewish culture and, and they were at each other's throat. And so they, were, they couldn't do business, no one do business with them. The stores wouldn't even sell them food. It was really tough and they were starving to death. And so they took an offering, took back, uh, Paul uh, took an offering among the Gentiles to take back to assist the Jewish people back in Jerusalem who were starving. Now, uh, so that's how the book of, and so the book of, of uh, Hebrews was written to this uh, congregation of Jewish Christians saying, because they were tempted to go back under Judaism so they could survive. And he was, the book was written to say, don't do that. It, it'll work out okay. Now this, these, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, first six verses read like this. This Melchizedek was king of Salem. Salem is the ancient name for Jerusalem. It was called Salem until it was taken over by the Jews and then it became Jerusalem. 
Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness, then also king of Salem, meaning the king of peace. The word uh, Salem becomes Salam in Arabic or Shalom in, in Hebrew, which is peace be with you, you know, the, and, that, uh, and that was the meaning of his name, and Jerusalem still known as the, as the city of peace. He was, he had, and we have no record of this guy other than that he was the priest king of Jerusalem, and when uh, Abraham left what is modern-day Iraq, went all the way down uh, to Jerusalem area, he and his son and his niece or nephew Lot, and they did, they were such a big group that there wasn't enough pasture land there for all their flocks in that one area. So Lot, he said, Lot, you do you want to go down by the Jordan River? Do you want to stay up here in the highlands? Lot said, I want to go down by the Jordan, and so he went to where Sodom and Gomorrah were, down around the Dead Sea and and uh, up toward Jericho, and then uh, Abraham stayed up there in the highlands. Uh, where Jerusalem is. There's about 3,500 feet difference in, in, from the top of the Jordan River, uh, from the Jordan River up to Jerusalem. So uh, we don't know anything about him. And so the record simply says without, he's without father, mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life. Like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. It doesn't mean he didn't have a mom and dad. It means we'd have no record of it. And so the, it was used to illustrate Jesus who had uh, no earth, and that's what he was really illustrating. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, the reason it's called plunder is uh, Lot, when Lot went down by the Jordan River with his family and his flocks, and he was wealthy, a coalition of kings there got together and raided because they didn't want him there and raided him, carried off women, children, all their animals and, and headed north up to, up to Jordan. When Abraham found out about it, he put together his soldiers, 300 and some people, chased them down, defeated them in a battle and then brought back, uh, then he raided everything they had plus giving back Lot to stuff that was his brought it back with him, including women and children. And, uh, and when he did that, uh, he had all of these animals grazing the fields around Jerusalem. And so he went to the priest king, and, and the priest king came out to meet him and brought him some goodies. Uh, and they had bread and wine to sit down as a kind of a peace meal. And Abraham said, if you'll let me graze my cattle and put up my tents and... Uh, in your in your ground around the city here and in the highlands around Jerusalem, I'll give you a tenth of the plunder that I just got from this raid. And besides that, every year I give you another tenth in order to be able to use the grasslands and to live at peace with you around here. And so that's that's where the that's where the concept of a tithe came from. It's generally considered that in most of the pagan uh, areas where they had uh, whether their god was Dagon, like that's if you Samson uh, was in a battle with the Philistines and their god was Dagon. The word liter Dagon literally means grain because it was a fertility god. Why? And, and I'm giving you a whole bunch of stuff here, and most of which you will forget. 
But if you can just get the, the concept, you'll be all right, I think. So uh, Abraham gives him a tenth, and, that, and, and, what he was, and he gave it to the guy who was not only the, the king, he was also the high priest. And so he was in charge of the religious activities, and, and it was generally considered that the religious activities required 10%. Now, not only did, as I said, did he get 10% of the plunder, he, he got 10% every year uh, of his income. And he, didn't, he may have had gold and silver, but primarily it was animals. They had uh, sheep and goats and donkeys and camels and so on. And so once a year, what they would do, not only Abraham but everybody, is they'd set up a couple of gates and, and, the, and whoever, the owner would sit there with a cane and, and the animals would pass through those gates under his cane. And every tenth one, he would have some, uh, uh, some uh, dye or something, and he'd whop them on the hiney with that so that every tenth one was pulled out. Sheep, goats, every tenth one of everything. And then that was used for, uh, for the religious activities. And not only that, you'll see, but the, that the, the food and the money that, that they had, that went also to the people who took care of the temple or the tabernacle or took care of all the religious activities. Now, there was two different groups. There were the priests who were the sons of, of Aaron, and then there were the Levites. The Levite was one of the 12 tribes, but they received no land. Everybody got land uh, but the Levites. And instead of that, they were given a tenth of everything to live on, and their responsibility was to see that all of the uh, religious activities, the offering of sacrifices, the cleaning of the tabernacle, the cleaning of the temple, all of that, they took care of that. And that was their income. Now, so let's go at the origin now. Let's talk about the origin here. Abraham is blessed by Melchizedek. And, and you read that back over in the book of Genesis. Um, uh, when they, they, he came out and, and, uh, and the blessing, according to the scripture, is always from the most powerful to the least powerful. So it was a recognition that he, as the king of that area and the high priest, was the most powerful person. And, and uh, Abraham humbled himself in his presence and, 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 and then Melchizedek pronounced a blessing on him. That blessing made, meant that they were going to have peace and work together, and it would be an amiable situation. And when you go back to the 14th chapter of Genesis, I'm just going to read this one verse just so that I can confirm what I'm, uh, you can confirm what we're saying here. In verse 18, it says this, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, which is the same as... Jerusalem, which is the same as Jerusalem, which is the same as... You, are you there? <laughs> the word Salem is the same as... Yeah, now you got it. Now you got it. Okay. Um, he brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram of God, Most High Creator of heaven and earth. Blessed be God, Most High. So on. And so he pronounces a blessing upon him, and they have that good relationship. Now, under B, Abraham was blessed by God 
because he took 300 and some of his troops, of his family who were trained, and, and, and went after the people who had stolen uh, all of the goods of his nephew Lot. He won the battle and brought it back. And here in verse 16, uh, here's, um, here's the way that it reads. He said, He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. So he came back. He already was a wealthy man. Now he comes back with a ton of stuff that he had won in a battle of a raid. And so he takes 10% of that. In the, in, and this is in verse 20. He takes 10% of that. And he said, And blessed be God most high who delivered his enemies into his hands. Then Abram gave a tenth of everything. So that tithe was set up. And, and the idea was this tenth that was provided would take care, uh, uh, would provide a living for the people and sacrifices for the people to be offered by a, a separated group, whether they were priests or Levites. And in Israel's case, it was both, both the priests and the Levites. The priests and the Levites under Israel lived primarily in Jericho, which means they were smart people. Because Jericho is really kind of the Palm Springs of Israel. It, there's wonderful clean water there. There's, there's beautiful fruit there. There is a, a great plains of, of Jericho where all kind of vegetables are. I mean, it's a lovely place to live. And I have friends there who, have, who live in opulence. I have visited, been guests in their home. Um, and, and they're actually Arab people, but... Uh, they're not Jews, and, and, and uh, it, it is a gorgeous place to live. Don't have time to go into that other than to say that that's what happened. Now then, let's keep on trucking here. Let's look at Jacob for a minute, because now we're talking about how this concept of a tithe that was pretty common among the pagan people, and it was adopted by Abraham, became a custom and then a law of Israel. And, and you can see how that happened. If you go over to the 28th chapter, the book of Genesis, you have a story that most of you already know. It's the story of Jacob. He, uh, was, he and Esau were the twin sons of, of Isaac, you remember. And, and, and Jacob, along with his mother's help, stole the birthright that really belonged to Esau because Esau was born just moments before. And so he was the oldest. He, he was to get the birthright and the blessing of his father, which meant he got two-thirds of everything. But his wife and Jacob conned the old man who was blind out of giving Jacob the blessing rather than Esau. Esau was a big two-fisted guy like me, and, and Jacob was afraid of him. And so he, he, he left town because he's afraid he's going to get whooped up on, maybe even killed which means, you know, you don't mess with me. I'm like, oh, you're, you guys are sleepy. I'm, you know, anyway, so Jacob has to run for his life, and he gets to a place called Bethel, uh, and, and, and it's like Bethel down here toward Cincinnati, same word. And uh, E-L always means God. So he was at, and Beth, or B-E-T, or B-E-T-H, always means house or village or home. So he called it the, the, the house of God. 
And, and he had that dream, you remember, of a ladder that went to heaven and angels going up and down and so on and so forth. And then he woke up and he was all excited about it. And he was so excited that he said, you know, if God will bless me uh, with safety in this journey and all that kind of stuff, if he'll do that, I'll give him 10% of everything I ever had. Now, let's read that just quickly uh, here in the 28th chapter, verses 20, 21, and 22. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I can return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will uh, be my God. And this stone that he had used for a pillow uh, will be God's house, that's Bethel. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So there, here's a vow made by him that he's going to be a tither the rest of his life if God will bless him. Now, uh, and so he, he obviously did that. And it's, the story goes on from there, how he was reunited with Esau and so on and so forth. And then he had 12 sons. Those 12 children... Well, uh, well, two of my grandchildren, but and became the twelve tribes of Israel. And you remember how Joseph was sold down into Egypt, and finally the whole family went to Egypt because of a famine. They all were down there, and uh, and and they were there for 420 years, and they became slaves to the Egyptians because their number was growing, and the Egyptians were afraid there would be a, a slave uprising. So, um, and and so then God selects. Uh, Moses to, to deliver them out of captivity and take them back to Israel, which was the land God had promised Abraham and therefore would be given uh, to the Israelites. And so uh, uh, they, uh, there were 12 tribes. One of the children's name was Levi. And his descendants were called Levites. Big deal, right? These Levites... Uh, and when they came back into the land uh, under Moses and, and then Joshua, when they did that, the land was to be divided up among the 12 tribes. Actually, 11 tribes. Because the Levites got no land. And they were, and, 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 and so they were to take care of all the religious activities. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan in the New Testament? On the, and, you were, and it was the road from, uh, uh, from Jericho up to Jerusalem. Been on it several times, the old one and the new one. And, and the uh, uh, thieves just were all over that place. You know why? They were there because if the people up in northern Israel were to come down to the temple... And to offer sacrifices, they'd have to drove, there would be droves of animals coming all the time. But Moses said, here's what you can do. You can sell your animals, take gold and silver, come back down to the temple, and buy there the animals that you, or birds and animals and so on, that you will need for sacrifice. And so people were coming down with tons of money in their pocket. And the, so the thieves would get along that road because... When you remember uh, the, the story of, uh, oh shoot, Willie, Willie, well, what was his last name? He was a, a thief, a bank robber. And he was from up toward uh, Ralph's home I mean, in Annapolis, if I remember right. And he got caught. And he was before the judge. 
And the judge asked him, and this is a historical fact, by the way. And the judge asked him, he just stopped the lawyers and said to him, Willie Sutton was his name. He said, Willie, why do you rob banks? And Willie said, that's where the money is. <laughs> well, that's why the thieves and the robbers were on the road there, and they, they got the guy and beat up on him and threw him in the ditch where the Good Samaritan took it. And that's, everybody knew that. That's the way that worked. And so when they could again go up to the temple and buy what they wanted and make their sacrifices there. And when you look here, uh, in, in the book of Numbers, for instance, uh, in the 18th chapter of the book of Numbers, you see what I'm telling you uh, is being implemented and adopted by Israel under the guidance of God. Here in the uh, 21st verse, uh, it here says, here's what he says, I will give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving in the tabernacle. So they got to, they were to take care of the religious activities. You, you bring uh, a, a cow to offer as a sacrifice. You give it then to the Levites. Uh, the priest would oversee it because the, the descendants of Aaron were, were the priests and then the, and the, the, the descendants of Levi were the Levites who did all the hard work. And they would kill the animal, offer the skin it, prepare it, offer a sacrifice. What they had is a great big cauldron full of hot water. And they would take the meat and throw it in there. And, and the, the priest and the Levites had them a big old meat hook. And they would reach in there, and they could take out of that sacrifice. A little bit of it was offered up to God to make smoke and so on as an offering up to God. And then they would take the sacrifice, the meat, the good stuff the, to eat, and they'd take the meat hooks and get out stuff for them to eat, to take home to their families and take care of their fa families of the priests and the Levites. And, and uh, what, you know what they did with the leftovers? All that was left? The guy that offered the sacrifice got it, and then he would have a barbecue and invite his friends and neighbors to a big barbecue thanking God for the way that they'd been blessed. We need to do more of that. We need, I mean, once a year ain't going to cut it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm withering away to nothing. And, and, uh, and so we, we need to understand they did a lot of partying, and it was a gathering of God's people to celebrate the fact that God had been a blessing. See, we do it once a year, and that's fine. What we need to do is to do it all the time. We need to be aware of everything we have. Our health, Alice Kay and I talk about it all the time. You know, I'll soon be 80. She's uh, old enough to be uh, my wife. And, <laughs> and, and we talk about how wonderful our health has been. I mean, we've outlived our insurance. We die, our kids, yeah, they've got a problem. Because <laughs> uh, we don't have any insurance left. I mean, we outlived it. They won't give us any more. Oh, you can buy that stuff like William sells up here, but I ain't going to buy you that. And so that, you know, where you pay for your funeral ahead of time. Well, anyway, forget that. Let's get back here. But so if you, if you read here, you will see that, that, that what I'm telling you is exactly the way that took place. And so Moses instituted tithing as a basis of taking care of the religious activities of Israel. Now, with that said, let's go down to three. This is the attraction of the practice of tithing. 
It is a very, very attractive thing. And later on, I'll, get, I'll talk about some practical things uh, before we close. And, and one of the practical things, though, that I need to mention that I've already talked about is that a disciplined life, now get this, a disciplined life, and a Christian life is a disciplined life. It really is. And so we put in your bulletins there a copy of a budget. You all need to live on a budget, every one of you. You know what you'll find out? You'll find out that you spend a lot of money foolishly. And you will be shocked. You know, Alice Kay and I, we, we keep our coins on the, on the kitchen table in a, in a container there, and I've already dumped them in two or three times, and the, the thing I've got is a whole lot bigger than this, is about yay high, used to be on the back of the toilet, but Alice Kay won't let me say that anymore. And, and, so, the, and so we keep putting the coins in there, and, and then we bring them, dump them, do it again, and, and, and it's, it's amazing how quickly that accumulates. You know, one of the things that really irritates me, we have people coming here for help all the time, and we really do try to help people. Now, we help the people who come to church first. They get first. If there's leftovers, okay, but they get first shot at it. And when you put your dollars back there, that, that, that's to take care of our own sheep here first. We're not responsible for taking care of Scioto County. We're prepared to take care of Christ Community Church. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and we aim to do that. And they come, and somebody will come up there, <coughs> had it happened this week, or this past week. Nice looking young guy, and he got to the end of the sidewalk, and he flipped a cigarette over, came on in, told Paula he needed some help. Well, see, the first thing that I would say to him, why don't you get rid of the cigarettes and you, and, you know, when, when I started smoking, and I, I could roll my own before I started school because I was raised on a tobacco farm, but when I got old enough to buy my own, I worked at T.T. Hill and Son when I was 14 years old, and, and I could buy cigarettes for 20-some cents a pack. Do you know what a pack of cigarettes costs now? $5, $6, $7, a pack! For $2, you could buy a carton when I was doing my thing. Now, I quit smoking because when I went to Bible college, they kick you out if they caught you smoking. And so I didn't take too hot to that, but I quit smoking anyway. And during basketball season, I didn't smoke much, but, but I smoked. But you, you learn with a budget to see how much money you waste on things you can do without. I'm amazed at the number of people who have two telephones. They got a landline at home, and they carry one of these things with them all the time. Well, you need two for you. I guess you got two ears. I guess that's the way you do it. But you learn, we waste a lot of money. And when you learn to have a discipline, you will have more money without ever getting an increase in your wages because of the disciplined life. Alice Kay and I are very disciplined. She's better than I. Don't tell her I said this, but she's tight. And, and, you know, we give 10% to the church this year with, because we've counted our blessings. Already this year, we've been able to give 30% instead of 10 And I feel sorry for poor folks who don't have anything, you know. So we have it. Where does it come from? God blessed us with it. Now, we're not in William's category, but I'm chasing him as hard as I can, you know. William McKinley's been one of those blessed guys. Honestly, this is the truth. 
he, William would touch something and it would turn gold. And if he was having a bad day and he touched it, it turned to silver. You know, he was just blessed and it's a wonderful, and I think it's wonderful because not very long ago I saw a check come through for me for a thousand dollars. Bless him again, Lord, you know. <laughs> and so what I'm telling you is this. When you start counting your blessings on a regular basis, you will be amazed what God is doing for you. And then when you can see how He's blessing you, it's a joy to share it with people who need it worse than you. You know, Alice Kay and I sent five kids to college. And when every one of them got out of school, their college was paid for. They had no college debts. We, raised, we, we had two foster children. Alice Kay is sending a, a girl through college now, and, and that's not re- recorded in this 30%. She's sending a girl in, in, through college in Uganda. We assist with two young men from Uganda that we want to become preachers. I mean, you know, I, I got kids running out my ears that I didn't even have the joy of producing. <laughs> but it's all right. It's all, because God blesses us in a wonderful way. And when you start counting your blessings, look at your health, look at the income, look at all of this. If you don't think counting your blessings is a, mount, uh, is a wonderful, big, good thing, you, you need to take time to talk to Neil, you know, when they told him he, was, he had cancer, had lymphoma or whatever that stuff was, it's going to kill him. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a cat of a different color, guys. Now, I just got about seven or eight minutes left. So the point is this. The tithe is a testimony to God's blessing. And it's more blessed in the 20th chapter book of Acts. Paul writes, Luke writes, it's more blessed to give than to get. And that's true in giving your time and giving encouragement. We got a bunch of kids coming over here from, uh, from Kentucky Christian. And what we were trying to do with them is, 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 is to encourage them. We need preachers. We need educated preachers. We need them to get educated, and we want to encourage them. I spend a lot of time with with Eddie and Patrick trying to encourage them. Learn, equip, be God's messenger. Take the oracles of God back to Uganda. Turn that place into a place like the USA, because this is a pretty good place. Amen? Yeah. Okay. So... There's great joy in, in counting your blessings and realizing what God has done for you. Now, let me tell you, practically speaking, and then, I, then we'll, we'll quit here, uh, about the tithe. I need another snort. <coughs> Somebody said, well, what would you do with all that money? I'm telling you, if everybody tithed here, we could be doing things that you had never dreamed of. And I'm not talking about padding our pocketbooks. Rich is, Rick's independently wealthy. I'm gaining on him, you know. We don't need anything more. What we need are the resources to do things that need to be done. That's what we need. Let me illustrate it this way. Do you all remember... When the fair uh, brought in that bunch of prostitutes, I said whores last night, and I apologize for that. Uh, I'd hate to upset a prostitute. 
they brought that bunch of prostitutes in here from Dayton. And, and honestly, we went out to the fair board, sat down with them and said, look, you know, stop this now. They said, but we're going to get $50,000. Well, they must have been expensive prostitutes. I said, you know, don't do that. Just let it go. And we weren't mean-spirited at all. We tried to reason with them, said, you know, cut this off, stop now. And, 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 and where they told us to go, we don't want to. And so, uh, so we had to stand up to them. It cost $10,000. That whole battle that we had cost us $10,000. But here's the result. If they ever come back into Sauda County, there's a standing warrant for their arrest. Amen. They can't come back. Now, if you take that same principle and look what we can do with the druggies, the biggest problem we have with these drugs, probably. Hey, you get Christian people united and start opposing that and turning them in and da-da-da-da-da, we can chase that bunch of druggies back to Cleveland where they came from or wherever. You'd be amazed what we could do for our whole community if we just had the resources. We got the brains to do it too. I'm telling you, you could turn our little old town that everybody laughs about. I mean, we're the hillbilly, heroin and all that kind of nonsense. We'd make the front page of the Wall Street Journal as being the cleanest and most lovely place to live in in southern Ohio. Amen to that? That's what you can do when you have the resources to do it with. And, 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 and if you learn to tithe, it'll happen. And then you can go to the Lord and say, thank you, God. We can raise our kids now and send them to school without them having to worry about some druggie coming up and getting them started on pot and pills and everything else and going to hell on a handbasket. Well, I'm done. I'm done. It's quitting time. So I'm pleading with you. You take your little budget and get it figured out and you go to the Lord. I'm not going to tell... I had one doctor. I tell this story. I got about two or three minutes here. I tell this one story. This really happened several years ago. This, I'd been working with this guy for some time. He was actually a physician and a good one. And he came to Christ. We baptized him. Didn't hold him down quite long enough, but we, we got him. And then he invited me up to the house to eat supper. Now, I recommend that. That's a good thing. To, every time you're, you know... Uh, invite me up. I, I, I'm just withering away to nothing. And, and if you... That's a lie, but that's okay. And, and, and here's what I'm saying. He, he invited me up. He said, now, Brother Scott, how should I handle our contribution? I said, it's really quite simple. Scripture just says 10%. House K and I give 10% to church. We give 10% in savings. We live on the rest of it. Uncle Sam takes more than his share. That's the way it works. He sat there for a minute. He said, you know what? That's a lot of money. I make a lot of money. I don't know whether I could afford to tithe or not. I said, well, we can, that's easy to fix. We'll just pray that you make a lot less so it's not as much to give. <laughs> he didn't go for that either for some reason or other. I mean, you can't please some people, you know. And uh, anyway, that did, but that really did happen. Did he tithe? No, he didn't. And his life went to hell in a handbasket. 
So I'm, I'm just simply telling there's a great blessing associated with... I'm not one of these guys that said the more you give, the more you're going to get. The more you give, the more we're going to get. That's the way it really works. And, but, but we'll use it in a way that honors God and blesses his people. So we need for you to give it some prayerful consideration and because uh, we need to buy this property behind us. There's lots of other things I could spend time talking about, things we really need to do. The day may come, and I don't want to upset the school people, but I'm telling you the day may come when we have to educate our own children too. That could easily happen. Uh, because the government is the primary enemy of the church. Has been since the day one with Rome, still is. And uh, they're our primary competitor. So, well, uh, if you'll say amen, I'll quit. Amen. Uh, you wanted me to quit, didn't you? So, Lord, bless this gathering of people. Thank you for the joy of being together. Thank you for Thanksgiving time. Thank you for blessing us so that we can share with those who are less fortunate than we and use it to honor you. Dismiss us with a sense of your abiding presence. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. All the people said, amen. God bless you. You're free to go.